Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Hope, also known as Mount Hope Church. Someday we might change that officially, but in the meantime, whichever one floats your boat. How's everybody doing today? Are you feeling it so far? I mean, can you sense the presence of our mighty God in this place? I'm going to admit it. I'm a little tired this morning, but somebody prayed that I would have the energy of a 20-year-old, and, and I'm, I'm receiving that right now. And, and they said from the time I get into bed until I get out and back in it again, I, hey, I spent three days with my grandkids. <laughs> Woo! But we had a blast, you know, did a little fishing, of course, like that surprise anybody. Had some great food. Thank you, Pastor Barb, for feeding us so well. Uh, I think I gained five pounds. And, and then we, we went to Call of the Wild. I mean, you've got, you, you've, yeah. It, it's just a Gaylord tradition, right? And we did the go-kart thing and some, I can't stand golf. Sorry for you golfers. I, I, you know, some of you guys are, and ladies love it, but I, I just, but I wasn't in last place. I, I found, yeah, I found out that my two grandsons were below me, so I don't know how that happened, but probably because they're nine and 13, but anyway, getting to the, the message. You know, as I struggle, and it is, it's a struggle every week trying to figure out, Lord, what do you want us to hear today? Because each week is different, right? You don't know what next week's going to bring, but we do know what we went through this week, and some of you have had horrific weeks. As much as we're all celebrating, yeah, Independence Day, some of you are in here today just going, yeah, Because it's hard. Life sometimes is hard. It's not always, a, as we always say, the, a bowl of cherries, right? As I struggled with what to call this, it, I've never been that good with titles. I need somebody to help me title some of my messages. And I had, actually ended up coming up with a good one after I came up with this one, but let God fight your battles. Let God. I could have just said, let God. That would have been appropriate. This weekend is intended as a celebration of our freedom here in America. Hallelujah. Can you rejoice over that? Yeah. In 1776, 13 little colonies signed the Declaration of Independence, calling for the end of British rule in America, and thus, thus began what was then called the Revolutionary War. That hard-fought battle with the British went on until 1781. So for five years, they gave their blood. And some say it was actually uh, 1783. There were skirmishes up until then. But the bulk of it, though, was over in 1781. And that's where this young colony won their freedom. How many have graduated high school? You know, you put in 
Is it 18 years of your life before you get there? And I don't know how many of those, four in high school. And you get to that day, and, and we've got a couple in here, I think, uh, if they didn't slip out already. Where'd they go? Oh, they're way over there, yeah. Wave at us. Ah, come on, you munchkin. Michael's over there. Hey, you're looking pretty buff, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pastor Norm. Puffs his chest up. Thanks, Pastor Norm. Hey, congratulations, though. But did it, what it feel like? Did it feel like, I'm free? Kind of? A little bit? Yeah. And then he got a job. <laughs> so much for freedom, right? Yeah. Anyway. We're blessed because of our forefathers. They fought the hard battle. Since then, many battles have been fought to continue to keep our said freedoms. But perhaps, and, and this is my opinion, the greatest war of all is the one that we all fight daily. And that's the battle for our souls. Freedom is just a word unless there is something tangible that's attached to it. In other words, I can say that I'm free, but am I really free if someone else is controlling me? I would say no. In John 8, 36, Jesus said, So if the Son sets you... Come on, read it with me. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Hallelujah. How many can give God the glory for that? And that's what the Hope Church is all about. We know that life throws stuff at us every single day. But the Bible teaches that those who live for Jesus, their souls remain free from the turmoil of daily life. Regardless of politics, sometimes family issues, sickness, hatred, social wars, you name it. All this stuff affects us. But when you know Jesus, and when He set you free, it's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother life. Amen? And that's some good news. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul, and, and here he was speaking about the climate of the day, that they were up against the spirit of the Antichrist. How many know he's still working? He hasn't given up. He tries to cover up what he's doing because he doesn't want you to know he's there. The, the best tactic is to keep your enemy amiss as to where you are. If, if you can do that, if you can convince people it's, I'm not even real. You've won. Because you can sneak into that person's life and you can have your way. And they don't even realize what's happening. But here's what the Apostle Paul said, speaking of this war. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He's done. Now you might think God knows everything. And I agree. Why do we need to tell Him? Because it shows your reliance on Him. It shows you your reliance on Him. 
We need to realize there's only one way to be free, and that's through and in Jesus Christ. Then you will experience God's peace. Say that with me. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will what? Guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Every time I go out in this world, I'm susceptible to everything that's flying at me. The negativity, the, the stuff that none of us should have to take in. And if I haven't done this, I'm extremely exposed to the enemy. But when I go to Christ, and when I put Him on, when I have His peace, my mind is covered. My, my heart is covered. And you may see some things, and Pastor Barb, I didn't ask if I could share this, but I'm going to anyway, about what happened in the store. What she didn't tell you was that one of the Myers employees was having a meltdown. And at first, she got a little bit like, what in the world, right? Am I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You were like, wow, this lady is really rough today. She was throwing things around. She was barking at people. And Barb went up to get something in the area she was working. And the lady snapped at her. Like, how dare you? This is an employee. Barb walked away. And then the Holy Spirit rang her bell. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Go back. Go back and pray for her. So Bart went back and said, ma'am, it looks like you're having a really hard day, obviously. She said, would, I, would it be all right if I prayed with you? She goes, why not? I don't know what good it's going to do. But... <laughs> anyway, woo-hoo, that's the reception you want, right? And she didn't even stop working. She just kept working while Pastor Barb kind of followed her for a minute and prayed with her. But we don't know what God did in that moment. But here's the thing. More than that lady, Pastor Barb was ministered to. Because she listened. Her heart was already covered, and she had the peace of Jesus. You don't walk up to an antagonistic employee unless you know you've got the peace of Christ in you. But when God tells you to do it, you need to do it. And maybe that lady's day did change. I hope it did. But the point is, she was changed. My wife was changed. And she came home kind of, kind of excited about being with that lady. There's a real war that's going on for our souls. And the enemy is a spiritual enemy, and he wants people destroyed. <laughs> but he especially enjoys messing with believers. You're his favorite target, girls. He loves tearing you down. And where do you think he starts? On your self-esteem. He tries to convince you you're not all that God said you are. And you've got to, parents, adults, you've got to ignore it just as much. How many have had somebody this week kind of attack you and you just went, wow. I have. And that's when you better know that 
Jesus. Jesus has got me. And Christians, we always have a choice. When this attack, when this comes at us, you can either bow down to the devil's taunts and let him have his way with you, which is what a lot of people do, I hate to say that. Or number two, you can rise up, get defiant, and say, no more, devil. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Which one should we be? One or two? Two. Going back to 1776, our ancestors could have yielded to the oppression of the British. And we would probably still be under their rule today. We'd all be having tea instead of coffee. And don't send me hate mail. What, don't you like tea? I know some of you guys like tea. Have at it. I'm just talking red, white, and blue stuff. Apple pie, coffee. (laughs) That's right. But our forefathers thankfully chose not to yield to them and instead fought back. Thankfully, they won the war. Amen? And the result was freedom for them, but also freedom for us. Hundreds of years later. Now hear this part. If we are not freed through Christ, that means our families are not freed. But if we are similar to our forefathers and we carry that legacy, our families are also going to be freed. Do you want your family enslaved or do you want them freed? then you, my friends, need Jesus. He should be your number one. He should be your go-to in everything that you do, everything you say. But many are still under oppression. By that I mean the feeling of hopelessness that, that comes from our greatest enemy, the devil. He will do anything he can to convince us that we are not free. And it's all a tactic. It, it's, it's a, what do they call that? A smokescreen. It's like an illusionist who tries to make something that isn't there look like it is. That's what the devil does to us, we Christians. He tries to convince us that he has control of us and that we are not free. And, and not only does he do that, but he has an army of minions that help him. Whether you call them demons or devils, little devils, whatever. They're real. There's a spiritual battle. and I never realized how powerful they were until I found my way going into some of the bigger cities in the USA. Even one in Colombia. I went to Bogota once. And you can feel it when you go into LAX. You get off that plane. And I know some say, well... It was probably pollution, but when I looked over the city before our plane landed, I saw this this cloud of darkness, and it may have been pollution, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, do you see that, Norm? That is a ring of darkness around this city. They need me. And that was the purpose of us going there in that particular trip. What I'm trying to say is, 
The battle is real. And we can, up here in Little Gillard, Michigan, we can get to that place where we think, oh, it's all in God's country. No worries. But we should be worried about our neighbor, about our friends, our family members who don't know Jesus. Because they're oppressed. They're controlled by the devil. My concern today is there are too many Christians who are bowing down to the devil. And they've lost their fight. When instead they should be resisting him, fighting back with their God-given weapons. Pastor Barb, you mentioned one of them. Give and it shall be given. That spirit of reciprocity. You bless somebody else, the blessing's going to come back. You have somebody being antagonistic against you, go pray for them. Or somebody that, that needs a lift, lift them up. Maybe you need to lift too. Lift them up first and watch what God does. That's one of your weapons. And it's usually contradictory to what the world thinks. The world says, take care of yourself, meet your own needs, build your own treasures. Where the Bible says, no, give it away. Store it up where? In heaven, where rust and moths can't get to it. That's God's way. That's one of the weapons. James 4, 7, a very familiar passage Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The, the contemporary English version says, surrender to God, resist the devil, and he will run from you. I kind of like that. Can you picture that? You're sitting there getting pummeled. Finally, you've had enough. You say, all right, God, I'm with you today. Devil, get behind me in Jesus' name. Sometimes you just got to get to that place and stop laying down and taking everything he's given you. Are you still with me? Don't lie down under the pressure. Don't roll over to his tactics. Instead, go to God. Can you give a clap offering for that? If there's sin in your life, obviously you need to get rid of that first, so repent. We've talked about that exhaustively over the last several weeks. And then, get in the fight. Stop taking it lying down. You got issues with somebody? Go to God. The devil pummeling you? Go to God. And tell him, Lord, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. I need your help. <laughs> if Jesus said you're free, you're free. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in the blood of the Lamb, if you have put your trust in Him and repented of your sins, then you're born again. You're twice born. You're born of water and of spirit. 
And the Bible says, one day you will inherit eternal life. But in the meantime, you have a big bullseye on your back as a believer. Because if you live victoriously, others are going to see that and go, hey, I want that too. Why do you think the devil fights so strongly against us? Because he knows we can win souls if we live our own lives the way we're supposed to. Hallelujah. As I was putting this together, I was drawn to 2 Chronicles uh, 20. And the main reason is because there's such a likeness to our modern day. And, and just to give you a little background, it was a very difficult time for the kingdom because uh, King David had served, King uh, Solomon followed him, his son, and they did a, an amazing job, more or less. And then there started to be differences of opinion. Does that sound like America? <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you, brother. And this tension started to build, and it got so bad that the kingdom was divided into two. So you had the northern kingdom, you had the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was ruled by none other than Ahab. Everybody say, King Ahab. He was not a good Joe. In fact, he did everything contradictory to what God told him to do, pretty much. He wanted peace in his country, so what did he do? He married the king of Tyre's daughter. Her name was Jezebel. Oh, and she brought all her foreign gods with her. And then you had King Jehoshaphat, who was ruler of the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. Northern kingdom was Israel, southern kingdom was Judah. And King Jehoshaphat tried his best to get rid of all the idols. And I say that because he got rid of most of them, but not all. There's a lot going on here. This tension began to build. And the borders, if, if Donald Trump had been there, they'd have 30-foot walls between them because that's basically what they did. Instead of putting borders up between them and the foreigners, they put them up between themselves. I hope that doesn't happen in this country. But could it? Look around, folks. It could. You just don't know. So you have these two kingdoms, the northern and the southern. I believe the northern was representative of the darkness. The southern was representative of the light, more or less. All right? And that's where we find ourselves here. And by the way, if you remember the 400 priests of Baal, and how Elijah came against them, and, and he, he ended up defeating them, but all those guys belonged to Jezebel. Yeah. So just to give you an idea of how corrupt these two were. And, and they also killed Naboth, 
so that King Ahab could have his little garden. You know, because he was crying and he wanted Naboth's garden and he couldn't have it because Naboth wouldn't give it to him and he threw a tantrum. And Jezebel had him killed. That's how treacherous these people were. Ungodly. But thankfully, Jehoshaphat wasn't like that. He carried on the line of David that was eventually going to lead all the way to our Savior. Back to where they're at, though. First, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to put some of it up, but not all of it. So, After this, the Moabites, Ammonites, with some of the Meonites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazan, Tamar, that is En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. King Jehoshaphat and, the, and his people were scared. They didn't know what was coming next. They had no clue. All they knew is they were outnumbered. And they were going to get trapped without some help. I love what this king did next. He called a fast. And he admitted that in the natural, his people were going to lose. But he also pointed out to God, Lord, we're your people. <laughs> you need to do something. We need your help. Verse 13. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. Now, I don't ever want a name like that. Wow. So let's just call him Yehaziel for short. He was a prophet. Sometimes you need advice. But choose who you go to. Make sure that they are godly people and not just somebody that's going to deliver you what you want to hear. So important. And this man, and, and I love this because it shows that the Spirit of the Lord was with them way back in the Old Testament. You know, the Holy Spirit didn't just show up in Acts 2, all right? Right? He was there all the time. He just wasn't identified quite as well. So the Spirit of the Lord spoke through one of God's prophets, Yehaziel, showing us that God cared. And what did he say? Let's start reading from verse 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, 
but it's God's. Hallelujah. Not, that's my red emphasis. Would you read that with me? Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> now the Lord gives the instruction. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Yerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. I think there's a song. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. That was his promise. That was what his prophet told them, speaking for God. The battle, it is not yours. It is the Lord's. When people fight against you, it's not because of you. It's because of the Christ who lives in you. And God takes that personally. As his kids, Ken, God has got your back wherever you find, you find yourself because you're his kid. And he loves you. He loves every person who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. Everyone. And when the Lord gives you a directive, our responsibility is to follow through with it. Like Pastor Barb did going over to the angry worker. The battle isn't yours. It's the Lord's. And what happens next, it just gets me excited. Because I know, and hear this, if the Lord will do this for the people of Judah and Jerusalem, He will do the same thing for you and me today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing has changed. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat and the people humbled themselves. They repented. That's what it means. They humbled themselves. They, they repented of their sins. And they cried out to God, help. Help! Can you say that? Help! Sometimes that's what we need to do. Help! Help! I don't know where to go from here. Help, Lord! Because they knew that without God's help, what? They were doomed. That's right. But they weren't worried anymore. This is the other title I almost gave it. From praise to peace. From praise to peace. Listen to what they do next. I love this. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tico. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and He will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Woo! 
Who does that? Can you imagine President Trump getting into a war with somebody and saying, all right, here's what I want you to do. You, you get the ministers, those evangelical Pentecostal brothers and sisters, you put them at the head of the army, and before you go in there, you have them lift up a ruckus of praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. What do you think the enemy would do? Are you crazy? But it works. It's contrary to anything that we would think of, which shows that it's God. Put your praisers up in front. You let them worship me. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord. He hadn't delivered them yet. They were saying this by faith. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures for a little while. That's right, forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> what happens next is miraculous. Before Judah even got to the battlefield, and you can read this all on your own, the three enemy armies turned on themselves. <laughs> That's the kind of war I want to be in. I'm just praising Jesus all the way there. All I hear is a bunch of boom, boom, bang, boom over the hill, and then dead silence. Three armies came against them. Three armies lay defeated, completely annihilated on that battlefield. Judah and Jerusalem, the people of, they didn't even get there yet. Because what were they doing? Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him in the morning. I'm losing my voice, sorry. You, I ain't singing anymore. Hang on a second. Hallelujah! Now whether it was the angels of God that went out there and slew all those people, I don't know, or whether they literally just turned on themselves, which isn't all that out of... Yeah, I mean, just look at today. It's, it, it's not all that incomprehensible, right? It could happen. However it happened, they killed each other. And when King Jehoshaphat and his people came up on that valley, what they saw had to have just made their heart go, wow, God loves us. We didn't even have to lift a finger. They're dead. That's what God does for his people. Praise brings peace. Say that with me. Praise brings peace. If you find yourself in a rough spot, praise brings peace. You don't have to know everything about the situation. They didn't. They just heard the instruction and went to do it. They, they walked up there, and when they got there, it was all done for them. Now, I'm not saying that's always going to happen for you. Because sometimes God does have you lift a sword or whatever it is. 
But here, they didn't have to lift a finger because God's in the fight. Here's the lesson. Go to God. Say that with me. Go to God. Second part, tell him your need. Tell him your need. Come on. Third, get wisdom from God's people. Don't, you don't always have to do it yourself. Once in a while, it's all right to go to somebody and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can, what do you think? Would you pray with me? Next, let praise and worship be your weapon. Wow. I think this is something the church has forgotten about. You know, instead we use our, our mouth, we use our words to fight against these things. And listen, we're losing ground because of that. Let your praise worship Him. You know, if you're dealing with a specific person, go to God say, look, I need your help with this person. And then follow this. You still with me? And finally, know that the battle isn't yours, but it's the Lord's. The final part of this. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder, it took three days to collect it. Wow. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. Here we go again. This is why it is called the Valley of Baraka, which in, in our English language means Valley of Blessing to this day. So when they got the, the victory, when God gave them the victory, what did they do? They praised the Lord. And as a result, they had so much plunder it took three days for them to gather it all up. What should have been a disaster for these people became a blessing. Why? Because Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. The people sought the Lord. I love the fact that they all came together. What do you think would happen if a hundred people from the hope all came together and said, Lord, we, we got an issue here. Our country is being taken over by the spirit of the Antichrist. We need your help. What do you think is going to happen? We can lay down and let the devil roll over us, or we can say, enough is enough. Get behind me, devil, for greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. The people expected to have to fight. They had no idea the Lord was going to take care of their enemies as he did, although he did say, go and look and watch. But the result, the final result was that a peace 
came over this nation, this kingdom, the southern kingdom for years as a result of this coming to God and entrusting their nation to Him. Whether it's a nation, a state, a, a county, a town, or your own family, I believe this, this works. This works. Go to God. Tell Him your need. Get wisdom if you need to. But last but not least, let your praise and your worship be your weapons. Hallelujah. There it is again. Would you stand with me? Perhaps you're going through some kind of ordeal even today. You know, something that is so much bigger than you and you're, you're just like, you, you feel like you don't know what to do next. Could I have everybody bow your heads just for a moment? Just because this is a private thing between you and the Lord. I'm only asking so that I can see who's acknowledging this. But if that's you, if you're, 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 ba- you're in a battle right now. You don't know how to get out of it. And you know you need the Lord. Would you just lift your hand up? Yep, hands going up. Thank you. Oh, you can put them down. I'm going to say at least a quarter, if not a third of you. If you're out there in live stream land, Facebook land, and if that's you, just, just acknowledge it by looking up at me right now. And I know I can't see you, but God knows what you're going through. He sees your heart. And He knows that you're one of His. And here's the thing. If we will follow these examples, and that's why God gave us the Bible, is that we can look over at some of the other people who've gone, things, gone through things similar to us, and we can say, look, God helped them. If he'll help them, he'll help us. And that's what we've got to have in our spirit. The devil, he's coming in here and he's saying, God's dead, he's dried up, he ain't no more. But we serve the living God. We don't serve the dead God. He arose on the third day and he did that so that we might have life and life everlasting. I want you to pray with me, if you would. And if you acknowledge this in live stream, just pray this with us. And I would ask our family of believers to to join us, if you would. Father God, thank you for your promises. Thank you for the Word of God. It gives us hope. And today, I put my trust in God Almighty. Jesus, the King, the Victor, today I call on you to help me to get through this struggle. When it's all said and done, I pray that you, Lord, would be given the glory, the praise, and all the honor, and I pray that the residue of peace that passes all understanding. It's going to be mine as I praise you, as I worship you, as I call on your name. And I pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the strong Son of God. 
And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeez, I feel better. I needed that. As much as you did. It's so easy to let him walk all over us and fall into that trap of when we should be turning and just going, praise him! Hallelujah! Woo! I know you've got something that's just bubbling up and jumping out, so... Why does it have to be an old song? We're just going to sing it, okay? In heavenly armor we'll enter the land The battle belongs to the Lord No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand the battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. When the enemy presses in heart, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is here. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor. So go out and find some antagonistic employee and pray for him. <laughs> but make sure it's of the Lord. There'd be like a whole scrapping cougar jumping on you or something. Father, we thank you again for the word. And we know that it does not return void. We pray that you would bless this people, Lord, as only you can. We don't want anything else, Lord. We want you. We want you. God, may you draw each one of us to you in a special way this week. We thank you for America. We thank you for the freedoms that we celebrate here today. Most of all, we thank you for the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we are out there, use us as a tool in your hand. We yield to you and you alone. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. Those that are traveling, be with them. Bless them loose angels around them. We love you. Lord, we commit this church, our people, those in live stream land. Bless them as well in Jesus' name and everybody say. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.